of $75, normally $30 each. As well, all curriculum is 25% off. We encourage you to go home with items that will prove extremely useful for your discipleship training and individual student needs. These are also great resources to use to develop your people and will allow you to learn alongside them. Books and book sets include Favor of God, Why God Wants You to Prosper, Life of Faith, Prayer Petition, What I've Learned, and more. Don't miss out on these special offers. Did you enjoy your lunch? If you're in the lobby, can we go ahead and come on in and get, get, get our seats? And so if you can just yell in there real quick, tell them we're about to get started with our afternoon session. Yeah, you're welcome for your bags. You like your bags? Oh, there's some nice bags. <laughs> yeah. It's genuine. It's Louis Vuitton's, actually. Um, we got you all Louis Vuitton bags. Uh, not really, but <laughs> you received that. I told Dr. Savelle, he goes, I can, I can do like an LV on it. And <laughs> oh, wow. Our ushers, Ryan, can you go outside to people that are in the parking lot talking and let them know that we're going to get started? You see, once you get in a room like this and, you know, everyone starts fellowshipping and talking with one another and catching up, it's... It's like, who's that guy on the microphone? Is he going <laughs> to, is it time already? Oh, man. Everyone stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Now, you're not going to, you just, you just ate now, so you just got, you know, you know when Miss Carolyn, when we would have classes and, and we were kind of like not, a res, you know, responsive, she'd make us stand up and do jumping jacks. So, so, do we, so, so do we need to start that off and get some, you know, oh, anyway, let's just open our hearts. Father, we just thank you for your goodness and we thank you for your faithfulness and we open our hearts to exactly what you have for us this afternoon. Father, we thank you for Pastor Blunt. Lord, I thank you for the wealth of revelation, the wealth of wisdom. And, and Father, we draw on the teaching gift. We draw on the gift of revelation. We, we draw on exactly what we need to take our ministries to another level. I thank you for the anointing upon his life. I thank you for the work that he's doing in, in St. Louis. I thank you for, for Church on the Rock, St. Louis, Lord. And we declare that that church is changing that city. We declare that that church is rising to another level. We declare that church is influencing government, influencing hospitals, influencing the police departments. The, the every, everywhere around it is being influenced by Church on the Rock. And, and I thank you that what they have done is just the beginning and I thank you, the best is yet to come. So, Father, we're so grateful that we have the opportunity to receive from Pastor Blunt this afternoon. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Dr. Savell, did you want to introduce him? You can be seated. Hallelujah. I think everybody had plenty of time to have lunch, right? And since uh, it looked like everybody had finished, we decided to start a little earlier. So... Uh, that's the reason you're in here right now instead of over in the other building. 
And once again, it is a great honor and a great pleasure to have Pastor Blunt. I've known him for many years now, preached in his church several times, always a great joy uh, to be with him, be around him, be around his family. So we're honored to have him in this conference once again. So give Pastor Blunt a good warm welcome. Can we tell Brother Jerry and Carolyn and the team, can we tell them thank you for this conference? Can we let them know? Amen. Bless you. We love them. Amen. Wow. Well, we're hungry, right, you guys? Yes. Oh, you thought you could sit down. You can't sit down. Stand up. Would you do that, please? You know, we're hungry for more of God's glory. And God's glory is his presence. It's his power. And it's his goodness. Amen. And, you know, I believe this week is going to be a defining moment. Yes. Not every moment in our life is the same. There are defining moments in our life. And I believe that there are going to be some defining moments for you here this week. Amen? Yes. So I know you're hungry. And so I'd like for you just with me right now, let's just begin to pray in the Spirit right now and just offer up praise in tongues unto the Lord. Right there where you're at. Give God your best. Ramakota le vedesi le belle maronto, babalandale vedebe le voco malama kotale vedeba sitara. Oh, we're edifying ourselves. We're encouraging ourselves. We're encouraging ourselves in the Lord right now. Shoto rabaka de bele, Ramakondo Ramosondo Roman de Kele Makomba Ramade, Sidebele Velido Torena Hasita Kamando Robo, Ramahaski Televe de Kela Boroto, Sadando Kobeke le Bede Visita Ramondo Koreko. Ramaha Oh, we edify ourselves. We encourage ourselves praying in the Holy Spirit. We're improving ourselves right now, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now let's give God our best hand clap. Come on, praise Him, give Him your best. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Give two people a high five and say, I'll go to the next level of glory right now, would you? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Amen. Again, it's a joy to be with you, Daniel and I. We love Brother Jerry and Carolyn, their family, their team, their ministry. I know you do as well. We love you. Aren't you glad we're in a place of like, precious faith? Oh, my goodness, we're in the right place at the right time in an environment for growth, amen? An environment to get better. You know, Lee Cockrell was the CEO of Disney World 
we had him at our church speak not too long ago, and he, he said, Dave, when I was over Disney World, there are three things that I looked for when I wanted to hire somebody. He said, number one, if you're a note taker, you might want to write these down. He said, Lee Cockrell, CEO of Disney World in Florida. He said, when I was running Disney World, there are three things I'd look for in a person before I'd hire them and then invest in them. He said, number one, they had to have the desire to want to get better every day. The desire to get better every day. I call that excellence, don't you? That's what we're doing here, right? We're getting better. The desire to get better every day. That drive, you know, working on the process. You know, I think sometimes we focus on the present and we forget our future. And I think sometimes we focus on our future and we get depressed depressed because we don't think we're moving towards it. I think we need to focus on our daily process. Our daily process. Our daily process routine, ritual, habits, the things we do every day that are taking us to where we want to go. So number one, Lee Cockrell said, I look for people who want to get better. Don't you like being around people who just want to improve and get better for God? Amen. They want to excel. They're not, they're not satisfied where they're at. They know there's more. There's always more. And we know what the more is for, right? It's to help projects like India and and, and Cuba and things like that. Amen. That's what the more is for. So number two, he said, I'm going to look for this. When I want to hire somebody, I want to invest in somebody, is I'm looking for people who have faced great obstacles and overcome them. I'm looking for people who, who've been in a battle. They've been in a fight, and they overcame. You know, it's not what happens to us, right? It's how we respond. To what happens to us. It's not what happens to us, it's how we respond to what happens to us. So Lee Cockwell said, number one, I'm going to look for people who want, want to get better every day. Number two, he said, I'm looking for people who want, I forgot already. Oh, you guys are awesome. They've faced obstacles. Yeah, they faced obstacles and they didn't quit. They didn't run. They didn't give up. But they faced obstacles, and they overcame those obstacles, and they had a story. He said, those are the people I want to hire. Amen. I want to hire those kind of people. And then number three is what I want to talk about today and tomorrow, both times. I want to talk about what he said. The third thing that he looks for in people to hire is humility. Yeah. Humility. You know, if I'm not humble, I'm going to stumble. Right? And, and so Lee Cockwell said, I'm looking for people that have a humble attitude, that, that uh, know what it is to have humility. And you know, what he was talking about was, I'm looking for people, now watch this, because this is you and me, who, who have the attitude that I'm going to be a lifelong learner. Yes. Can you say that with me? I am, I am. oh, come on, I am, I am. a lifelong learner. Learner. Oh, my goodness. You know, what is it? That's humility, isn't it? That's a humble spirit. Now, now before we go any further, we got to do this, okay? Because I do this at home, and I feel like I'm at home, Brother Jerry. We got to do this, right? Got your Bible? Okay, let's hold our Bibles up. Everybody hold up your Bible or your whatever you have there 
in place of a Bible or like a Bible. Amen? Technology. Say it with me. Let's set ourselves up for success, okay? You ready? Say it with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says that I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Today, I will be taught the uncompromised Word of God. My mind is alert and my heart is receptive. I'll not leave the same. I will not leave the same as I came in Jesus' name. And every day, in every way, I'm getting better. Give the Lord your best shout. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, open your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5. So today and tomorrow I'm going to talk about, so I'm going to kind of lay a, a groundwork today, and so keep that in mind, and then we'll build on that. Is that okay tomorrow? But, but we're going to talk about the attitude that's attached to God's glory. You and I want more of God's presence in our life. Amen. In his presence is fullness of joy. Uh, the joy of the Lord is our so you and I, we want more of the glory. We want more of his power and more of his presence and more of his goodness. So, so we, how do we do that? How do we tap? There are many keys in the Bible. You, you know, we've heard many keys here today. But I just want to share one with you this, this two days, and that is the attitude of humility, Amen. the attitude of being humble. You know, during lunch, I was asking Richard, uh, about his father, and I said, today, right now, today, Richard, tell me, when you think of your dad, Oral Roberts, and, and my grandmother got saved through his ministry. I mean, you know, my whole family has been touched by that family. Amen. I'm forever grateful. Amen. But I said, today, now today, you know, when you think of your dad, what do you think about your dad? And Richard told me over lunch, mentoring. He said, my dad was an amazing mentor. He said, my dad would watch me on television and he would uh, see some things I needed to correct. How many know that uh, humility is an attitude? If you're a note taker, it's an attitude. It's a decision. It's a spirit. And, and, and humility, isn't it one of the fruit of the spirit? Yeah, it is. Meekness. Now, now meekness is not weakness. Moses was the greatest leader in the Old Testament. And the Bible says in Numbers 12, 3, that he was the meekest man that ever lived. So, so humility is being teachable, having a teachable spirit. Uh, humility is having a grateful spirit. And, and I found out that gratefulness is connected to the glory of God. That humility is connected to happiness. Say that with me. Humility, humility is connected to my happiness. Because see, humble people are growing people. And growing people, I found out after 35 years, we just celebrated, Brother Jerry, this last Sunday, 35 years at Church on the Rock. 35 years ago, we, we started with 35 people, been there one place, one life, make it great. And, and here's what I know. When people are growing, they're happy. And I can't grow if I stop learning. Because I never graduate from learning. 
I never gra- I graduate from school. I went to Southwestern University in Waxahachie. That's where I went to college, right? Right down the road. Pray for me, okay? Praise for <laughs> me. But, 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 you know, you can graduate from college, but you never graduate from learning. We're lifelong learners here today. And, and that sets us up for more of the glory of God. So, so I asked Richard, when you think of your dad, what do you think of? He said, I think of my dad was a mentor, and he, he would watch me on television, or he'd watch me minister. And then Richard said, my dad would call me up to see him the next day, and my dad would sit down, and he would, he would mentor him. He would coach him. He would correct him. Because a person with a humble spirit, they're correctable. You can't help anybody who's uncorrectable. You can't help anybody who's unteachable. Right? So he, he said, my dad would, would mentor me, correct me, and help me so I could go out and do better for God and his kingdom and his glory the next time. And, and Richard said that his father would say, so many young ministers today at that time would, would be unwilling to be corrected. Amazing, isn't it? So, so what I want to talk about is this amazing virtue of humility. That without humility, without humility, you and I can't get close to God. Right? Doesn't he distance himself from the proud? He resists the proud. He pushes the unteachable and and the uncorrectable and adjustable, the know-it-alls, right, that attend that other church (laughs) in, in another galaxy far, far away, right? Uh, you'll notice that God says, I distance myself from prideful people. But he said, I'll draw nigh unto those with a humble spirit. You, you, you and I can't even get close to God without humility. You and I can't even grow without humility. You and I will never know God without a humble spirit. You and I will never, I'm giving you some one-liner principles right now that we're going to build the the next two days. You and I can never know the will of God without humility. Don't don't we have to surrender our life for the life he has for us? Now, what is surrender? It's another word for humility. Humility, I'm giving you definitions. It's an attitude. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a choice. It's a spirit. Humility is being teachable. It's a lifelong learner. Never stop learning. Never stop growing. Humility is someone that you can teach. A humble person is a, is a grateful person, a thankful person. And how many of you know that, that humility is connected to our happiness because if I'm humble, I'm grateful. If I'm grateful, I can't be depressed at the same time. That's right. Isn't that right? You can't be thankful and depressed at the same time. You can't be grateful and depressed at the same time. So a humble person, we're going to look at humility and the importance of humility. The definition of another is surrender. Uh, To be humble is to surrender. So we can't know God's life until we surrender our life. Now watch this. You might want to write this down if you're a note taker. That that humility is total dependence on God. And then slash taking total responsibility for my own life. Humility is this. Without him, we can do 
But with him we can do all things through. I, I like the balance of that, don't you? John 15, 5. Jesus said, without him we can do nothing. And people will say, oh, you know, that's not true. That's a myth. I, I can do lots of things without God. Well, I just want to slide something in here. I don't think we can do anything of lasting value. I don't think we can do things that will make an eternal impact on the kingdom. I don't think we can fully please him so that we can experience greater glory right without humility. So humility is total dependence. Can you say that with me? Humility is total dependence on God. Because without him, we can't do anything. But but with him, Philippians 4.13, we can do all things. All things that he's called us to do. All the things that he's called us to do. All the things he's called us to do. I can't sing through him today. Come on, somebody. You know, it's just that you don't want me to sing. You, you'll leave, okay? So I can't do everything through him. I can't do everything. He didn't call me to do everything. But the things he called us to do, we can do through him. I can do all things he called us to do through him. Amen. So that's the balance. Without him, nothing, but with him, we can do all things. So uh, a humble spirit is somebody totally depending on the Lord, slash, but then taking responsibility for my own life. I'm not going to live as a victim. I'm not going to blame other people. If I blame, I be lame. I know it's after lunch. I know it's in the afternoon. Praise the Lord. But, but if I blame people, I be lame. Blame. I'm not going to blame people. I'm not going to make excuses. Right? I'm going to take responsibility for my, if it's up to be, if it's going to be, it's up to me. Right? So I think humility is evaluating my life every day honestly. I think humility is being honest with myself. I think humility is taking a responsibility for myself and my growth and, and what I'm doing or not doing, and then also total dependence on God. Y'all with me so far? Okay, so let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 29. Deuteronomy 5, I think it will be on the screen for us. Deuteronomy 5, 29 in the Amplified. And can we all read this together on the count of three? Is that all right? I like participation. Here we go. One, two, three. Wow. Do, do, do you see the word well? You know, if, you, if you can mark that word well, because that word well, we're going to come back and define that word well. But, you know, for every promise, there's a premise. For every promise, there's a premise. In other words, for, for, for the promises, I don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything for God to love us today. But I do have to do something for God to bless me today. Right? That's what I mean. Every promise has a premise. There's a condition we have to meet. There's a condition we have to meet for God to bless us. Am I right? You know, if we obey him, Deuteronomy 28, right? The bless, if we, so notice there's a, there's a premise before the promise. There's a premise before the promise. There's a condition uh, before realizing the blessing of the Lord. So that's so important that we understand that. So he said it would be well with us if there's an attitude attached to that blessing. 
Let's go back to the very beginning of the verse. Can we go back to the very beginning? And it says, oh, that they had such a mind, a mind. You, you and I both know uh, in the camp that we're in, which I love dearly, you and I both know that there's no growth without the renewing of our mind. All spiritual growth comes through the renewing of our mind. Yeah, I'm not going to grow by just hands being laid on me. I'm not going to grow by somebody anointing me. Oh, I'm not going to grow even with great prophecies. All oh, that's great. Oh, that's wonderful. But that's not going to cause the growth. The only thing that brings transformation, the only thing that brings growth, is the renewing of the mind. So you and I are into mind management. We've got to manage our mind, right? We've got to manage our mind. We've got to renew our mind in alignment with God's Word, right? Beloved, I wish above all things according to your soul, that's your mind, prospering. So, so notice, what's in your mind? Attitudes, right? Uh, attitude. Attitude is in the back of every behavior. If I want to change a behavior, i got to change an attitude. If I want to change an attitude, I've got to change a thought. Right? You know, when you want your kids to change, don't just work on the behavior, work on their thought life. Because what I'm thinking, I'm feeling, and what I'm feeling, that's where I'm going. What I'm thinking, I'm feeling, what I'm feeling, that's where I'm going. What, what I'm thinking, I'm believing. What I'm believing are my attitudes, and my attitudes show forth in my behavior. Y'all still with me? Okay. So notice he said, oh, that they would have such a mind, such a mind, and a heart. Well, we have a hungry heart for God's glory today, right, guys? A heart that they would always reverence me, fear me. What's that? An attitude. An attitude of reverence. Well, what is that? That's humility. That's honoring the Lord. So notice that we see this attitude of reverence, this attitude of honor, this attitude of humility is attached to the promise that when you and I develop this attitude and we develop this mindset and we work on it every day till he comes back or we die, he said that the result of that would be this. It's attached to you and your family living well. Can you all dig that? Living well. So again, let's look at it. Oh, that they would have such a what? Mind and a heart that they would someday, once in a while, just on Sunday, uh, just on Monday, always reverence me, fear me, and keep some of my commandments, an attitude, an attitude of obedience. And then what's, what's going to happen next rest of the verse? What's going to happen? It would go well with you and your Generational blessing, right? Now, I heard Gloria Copeland give the definition for the word well. I haven't found any better. I copied it from Gloria, okay? So I want to give to you what she said the word well there means. And here's what it means. Blessed. Well, I'm for that, aren't you? Blessed. Blessed in every area of your life. Blessed in every area. Boy, God's, God's gospel for the whole man, right? Works in every area. And it went on to say, she went on to say, Gloria did, the definition of well. It means blessed in every area of your life. It means to be happy. So notice that humility, attitude, is connected to my happiness. 
Because if I'm humble, then I'm teachable. If I'm teachable, I'm a lifelong learner. If I'm learning, I'm not losing. If I'm learning, I'm not losing, I'm growing. Right? I'm growing from hindsight, insight, for foresight. All three dimensions of my life. So notice that we'll be happy, and it, goes, it gets better. The next word was successful. How many of y'all want to have more success in your life? Can I see your hand? I think we all do, right? Yeah. And that's God's will for us, that we be successful in what he's called us to do. God is for us, and God has a purpose for our life. And God wants all of us to be successful in what he's called us to do. So it means blessed in every area of your life. It means to be happy. It means to be successful. It means to be made better. Boy, aren't you and I of the group that we want to get a little bit better? Remember Lee Cockrell? We want to get a little bit better every day. I want to be better tomorrow than today. I want to be better this weekend than last weekend. Right? The biggest room in our life is the room of improvement. So to be made better, it means to have favor. It means to be made glad, to be made glad, to be cheerful, to have a sound mind. I want to read over these again. To have a sound mind. Isn't it great to have a sound mind? Not a divided mind. Not be double-minded, but to have a sound mind. Not to be a stressed-out mind. Not to be a rattled mind. Not to be a distracted mind. Not to be a mind full of fear, anxiety, and worry, but a sound mind. Then the Bible say, God has not given us the spirit of, but of power and love and of a sound mind. So, so the word well, isn't this, isn't this really good? Isn't this cool? The word well, this is attached to an attitude of humility. Oh my goodness. Could this be why a lot of Christians aren't partaking of the glory of God? Which is what? The presence of God, the goodness of God. That's what we're reading right now. The goodness of God and the power of God. It means to be blessed in every area of your life. It means to be happy, successful, accepted, made better, have favor, made glad, cheerful, and a sound mind. What is all that? That's generational blessing included not only for you, but for you and your children and your children's children. You know, I, I want my seed blessed. Don't you want your seed? You know, I, I, I'm a father and I'm a grandfather. And I love being a papa. And I got three wonderful grandkids. And I want to see them more blessed than I've ever been. More successful. You know, we want more, don't we, for our family. We want to leave a legacy. We want to make a difference. We want our life to count. We want to be significant. Amen. We want to make impact. How's all that happen? Notice that the attitude of reverencing God, honoring God, humbling myself before God, surrendering to God, all of God, total dependence on God, but taking responsibility for my own life and behavior. Amen. We'll release a blessed life, a happy life, a growing life, a glad life. I mean, we could quit right here, right? And I'll go shopping. Amen. Just on this right here. Amen. And so that's powerful. So I wanted you to see that, the attachment there. Now, how do we do this? How do we build, how do we build a, a humble spirit? How do we build a humble attitude? How do we, it's, it's a fruit of the spirit. So when we got born again, it's part of the character of Christ that's being formed in us, right? 
Yeah, it's a decision. It's a choice. It's, it's an outlook. It's a perception. It's a mindset. Uh, but, but where do we begin? What do we do? I'm glad you all asked me those questions. So let's go to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. And let's look at verse 5 and verse 6. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. In the Living Bible. They'll have it on the screens for us. In the Living Bible. It's okay if you read with me again. I'd love to hear you read with me. On the count of three, can we read it together? One, two, three. God first, and God will give me success as a husband, as a wife, as a mother, as a father, as children, as a man of God, a woman of God, in the ministry, in the laity, whatever I do, business person. Notice, if I put God first, if I put God first, what does God say? Then he will make us a success. If I put God first, then what will he do? He'll make us a success. If I put God first, first. Then he, not man. We want God to do it, right, everybody? We want God to do it, not man, because if man puts you up, man can put you down. We want God to exalt and promote us, amen? And notice he said, if we humble ourselves before him, he will exalt us. So humility brings, brings promotion as well in your life. We're going to look at that tomorrow. But what I want you to see is, is, the, is the bottom line is, according to this verse, if I put God first, then God will make me a success. Can, can we say that together? If I put God first, then God will make me a success. Wow. How do I put God first? How do I do that? You know, I, I, I've been a Christian. Uh, I'm 65 years young. I got born again when I was 11, been married for 45 years, been in the ministry for 40 years, and here's what I know. Not everybody who calls himself a Christian puts God first. Richard was talking about, but the Jerry was talking about, right now in the culture that we live in, they put social me. The uh, first in the morning, checking out their emails and Facebook and all that, Right? I mean, it sounds so simple. I mean, it sounds so simple. Yeah, but yet, boy, isn't it a challenge to put and keep God first before my family, before my ministry, before my business, before me? What's that called? Humility. Humility is putting God first. It's humbling myself and saying, God, today I need you. Today, God, total dependence on you. God, not my way, but your way today. God, I yield my life to you today. God, I lay my life down for a higher life, a better life, an abundant life, the good life. I, I want more of your glory. I, I want to go from glory to glory. Right? That's God's will for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. We are to go from glory to glory. And you and I are going to a new level this week. Amen? Amen. Of God's glory. So, so here it is. Put God first. Wow. 
Put God, how do I do that, Pastor? How do I do that, Dave? Here's how you do it. Here's how we do it, is that we give God the first part of our day. We just give God the first part. Sounds so simple, doesn't it? But yet, how many people do you know that do it and do it consistently? Okay? You know, the mark of maturity is consistency. You know, I've heard Gloria say that, you know, it's not what I do once in a while. It's what I do consistently. Is that right? So, so how do I put God first? Because if I put God first, God said he would give me success in the ministry, raising my kids, building a business, getting out of debt, launching a new business. He would make me a success if I just put him first. How do I put him first? I give him the first part of every day. I give him the first part of it. See, I can't lead others until I can lead myself. I have to learn to lead myself well. And I can't lead others until I can lead myself. And Brother Jerry talked about it. I can't, the only way that I can lead myself well is through solitude. The only way I can lead myself, lead myself well, be the person God wants me to be, be the best version of me that God wants me to be. God doesn't want you or me to be anybody else but the best version of us. We're not to compare one another. We're to stay in our lane. And we're to celebrate who God made us and we're to be the best that we can be every day. Right? So we can't lead others till we can lead ourselves. And we can't lead ourselves without solitude. Now, for you and me, what does that mean? Have a little talk with Jesus. What does that mean? Quiet time. Quiet. There, 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 there's a book out, and, and you know, Terry may have already read this book. It's called, it's called, you know, How to Lead Yourself. It's a secular book. And the book is all about solitude. Get away and do this. Well, you and I don't go, but we do meditate in the Word of God. Come on, somebody. Amen. And, 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 you know, you and I, if we're going to lead others, we've got to know how to lead ourselves as leaders. And, and I can't lead myself well without solitude, face-to-face, before God. What's that? That's humbling myself before Him. That's being honest before God, evaluating. So, so how do I put God first? Because if I put God first, God said He would make me a success. How do I do that? I give God the first part of my... And then what do I do? I give Him the first day of the week. I give him the first day of the week. Now, this is for, you know, the shallow end of the pool. This is for people who just, you know, are coming into your church or people are just, we're not talking about us clergy. I don't like the word clergy, but those in the ministry. But we're talking about people, you know, who are coming to Christ and they're sitting out there in the pew. If we can get them just to put God first at the first part of the day, every day, if we can get them just to come to church on the first day of the week. So how do I put God first? By putting him first before I talk to anybody else, I talk to him every morning and then give him the first day of the week. And then Richard talked about it. Then what do I do? I give him the first 10th of every dollar. So how do I put God? How do I know if I'm putting God first or not? Because I can't claim God's success until I put God first. And to put God first, I've got to humble myself, Right. And so when I put him first, it's giving the first part of the day, giving the first day of the week, giving the first part of my income, and then before I make any major decisions, go to my wife. No, go 
before I make any major decisions, what am I going to do? I'm going to go to God. I'm going to acknowledge Him in all my And then He will direct my path and crown it with success. So I'm going to go to God first before I make any final decisions. What am I doing? And then last but not least, how do I put God first? That when we're in a battle, and we're all in some kind of battle today, because it's called the good fight of faith, that we're, we're in a battle. We know we're putting God first. If we respond in the heat of the battle, the first thing out of our mouth is the word of God. That's how I know my mind is being renewed, that when I'm in a crunch, under pressure, or we're stressed out, the first thing out of our mouth is what? The Word of God. Brother Jerry knows that Kim, my wife of 45 years, she's into horses, not the horses that Brother and Jerry and I are into, horsepower. She's into real horses, quarter horses. And uh, when we were dating 46 years ago, uh, our first date was a, was a car show, and our second date was a horse show. <laughs> and that's how you stay together for 45 years. And uh, so anyway, you know, so she's into horses, and we have horses. We live out in the country. And I remember uh, a while back, I, I'm looking out the window. She's out riding one of her horses. And all of a sudden, I see her flying in the air. She's got bucked off. She's flying in the air, lands on the ground. And it's flat. Didn't move. I saw this in the kitchen, looked at the back. So I ran out, ran out there, and thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God. Thank God for the word that we're so blessed with. Amen, you guys. Thank God for the word. Because I went out there, she wasn't moving. And the first thing out of my mouth, I laid hands on her. The first thing in my mouth was the word of God. Thanks be unto God. I don't take any credit for that. But the, the first thing in my mouth was the word. How do you know God is first in your life? If the first thing out of our mouth is a scripture. It's a promise. And you know what God did? Just what Brother Jerry and Richard were talking about. Man, she shook herself off. What'd she do? Got back up on the horse. Amen. So how do I put God first? I give him the first part of the, and then I give him the first day of the, and then I give him the first tithe of my, and then I go to him first before any decision. Aren't you glad I help you fill in the blank when we do our test? And then when we're under pressure, we know our mind is renewed. If the first thing out of our mouth is the word of God. Give the Lord a big praise, would you? Come on, let's give the Lord a big praise. Come on, let's give him big praise right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Oh, thank you, Father. Battles are being won right now. Breakthroughs are coming right now. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's just thank him for his word right now, can we? Just thank him for the word of God. For every promise, 7,000. Oh, God, we thank you for them, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So, so we put God first, right, everybody? We put God first, and then he will grant us success. Uh, let's go to uh, the next scripture uh, that we have, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Am I helping anybody today? Because I, I really want to bless you. I, I want to help you any way I can. Because uh, we're all in this together, Amen. Yeah, first, uh, we're all lifelong learners. Six of us over here in this section. I'm, come on, say it with me. I am, I am a lifelong life learner. learner. I am, I am getting, getting better every day. Every day. More, of More of God's glory, God's glory on, my life. on my life. 
I love this verse, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, but I really like it, Pastor, in the Amplified. Now, let's look and see what it says here in the Amplified. And again, yeah, I'm going to ask you to say it again, okay? Because remember, it's after lunch. I need your help, okay? So on the count of three, one, two, three. Pastor, I came here, uh, uh, Brother Jerry, Richard, I came here. Uh, you might be saying this, and I'm just on my last leg. I don't know what to do. I, I've plateaued. Things aren't working out. Things aren't happening. I, I've come here, and I, I, I just don't know what to do. What, what's my next step? Let me just kind of help you if I can with that. If you want to know God's will, I, I, I don't have to give you tarot cards. If you want to know God's will, I don't got to push you to a 900 number. If you want to know God's will, I don't have to give you a Ouija board. If you want to know God's will, right, there it is. In, not for, not for, not for, not for. In, not for, not for, not for. In everything, not for everything. In everything, not for, not for, not for. We don't thank him for cancer. We don't thank him for lack. We don't thank him for hurt. We don't thank him for all the terrible things that the devil does to steal. We don't thank him for that, but we thank him in we don't thank him for, but we thank God in everything. For this is the will of God for you. So every one of us at this very moment can be in God's perfect will. I mean, at this moment, no matter what's going on at home, no matter what's going on in your, in your life, your family, your business, your church, your ministry, your deacons, uh, no matter what's going on in your city with your permits, your building program, uh, you heard about my building program two years ago. We were in a building program. It was going to cost $8 million. It ended $24 million. If you've got time, I'll talk to you about that. Praise God. Go cry on your shoulder. Amen. So, so, but but, but I, I know what God's will is for you right now. God's will for you right now is to give him thanks, is to give him praise. Because when we're giving him thanksgiving, we are in the perfect will of God. And the perfect will of God will begat the perfect will of God. Right? He said this is the perfect will of God. This is the perfect will. I don't know how to solve it. I don't know how to fix it. So God, I humble myself. I come before you. I depend on you. I yield to you. You're setting yourself up to tap into the glory, the goodness, the power, the promises of God. I don't know what to do, but I do know to do this. God, I want to give you praise. And God, it's not going to be, you know, mediocre. It's not going to be average. It's not going to be watered down. God, I'm going to give you my best because I want your best. So I'm just going to give you praise. I'm going to offer up thanksgiving right here, right now, where I'm at. And what is that? That's the perfect will of God. Uh, gratefulness is connected to humility. Gratefulness and humility go together. And I, I can't be grateful and depressed at the same time. Put on the garment of praise for the David in the Old Testament. Remember the story? Ziklag, David, he comes back, lost everything. And remember his team wanted to kill him and everybody was against him. Nobody was for him but God. Hallelujah. And what did he do? He encouraged himself in the Lord. How did he do it? He was recalling 
He was remembering. He was reflecting. He was revisiting. God helped with all the things God helped him with. God would help him with this. Wow, that's how we encourage ourselves in the Lord, right? So notice that in, everybody say in, not for, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. Now, I love this, for this is the will of God for you, for you. This is the will of God for you. This is the will of God for you. Turn to somebody and tell them, for you. Tell somebody else, for you. John Osteen was my pastor. He ordained me. I have his pulpit. You know that marble pulpit that he had? I have his pulpit. He gave it to me. I talked to him two days before he died. Okay? And, and John Osteen, he used to always say this. I love this. He would say, you know, where is your faith today? God can. Yeah, that sounds good, Pastor Osteen. God can and he will. Next level. God can. Yeah. Next level. God can. God will. Next level. God can, God will for me. Got to personalize it. And then the last level, Pastor Osteen would tell me, Dave, God can, God can, God will. God can, God will for me. God can, God will for me right now. Right now. So notice that this is the will of God for you and me right now is this gratefulness, this attitude of thankfulness. But I want you to see something. I love what the Amplified says. Notice this, that it says, when, when we do this, that you will know the will of God for you in Christ Jesus, the what? It gives two names to Christ. He's the? And he's the? Oh my goodness. So when we begin to give God our best praise out of a humble heart and a humble spirit and a teachable and lifelong learning, wanting to improve, wanting to please God, wanting to get better, spirit of excellence, what does God say? And we begin to offer up thanksgiving and praise, God says he'll begin to reveal it. I know y'all can run. He will, re- Pastor Blunt, I, I, Dave, I don't know the next step. He'll reveal it. I, I don't know the next thing I should do. I, I need the wisdom of God. Well, he says when we have that attitude of gratefulness and humility that go together, he said that you would be in God's will and then God would show up and reveal to you His will, His perfect will for you, your family, your business, your career, and your ministry. And it doesn't stop there. Say he's the revealer. But then what is he the? What does the mediator do? Bring two parties together. So not only is he going to reveal it to you, but he's going to show how to bring it together. Bring it to pass in your life. He's going to show you who you need and what you need. And he's going to give you the timing and the resources and the steps, the procedures, the strategy. And not only will he reveal it to you, I just want to know what, what is the next step. Praise him. Yeah, I'll praise him, but I want to know. No, 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 no. Let's, first things first, right? Uh, let's just begin to praise him and worship him for, for who he is and what he's done and what he's doing and what he said and what he's going to do. There's five levels there, by the way. All those things there. And when we do, he says, he's gonna, he's, I'm in God's will. I'm obeying God. Well is coming its way to my life. Remember, if we obey God, reverence God, 
humble ourselves before God, it'll be well. You haven't forgot well, right? Well, it's coming. Well, how's it going to get here? He said, then he'll reveal to us his will, and then he'll bring it to pass, bring it together in your life. Can we have a praise break? Come on, can we praise him? Come on, give him your best praise. Ooh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know you can do better than that in the afternoon. Come on, everybody. Oh, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Woo. It's happening right now in Jesus' name. Right now, things are moving. God is turning things around, putting things together, making it happen. You don't have to. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, so say it with me. An attitude of gratefulness is attached to the glory of God. An attitude of gratefulness. An attitude of thankfulness. An attitude of humility. An attitude of surrender. An attitude, God, without you, I can't do anything that will last. But God, with you, I can do everything you call me to do. So I put total dependence on you and total responsibility on my life. Amen? Yeah. You know, years ago, like we said, 35 years ago, we planted Church on the Rock in St. Louis, 35 years ago. We had 35 people who started with us. And uh, about three or four months into it, we rented a building, and we started in the Holiday Inn, and we rented a building, and it's on a Saturday, and, and I'm studying for Sunday, and we had this little metal building that we had rented, and on the door, uh, somebody knocked on my door. I'm all by myself, you know, in our church, a little building. We were running about 100 people. And there was this elderly couple, and I saw them drive up through my window. They came in in a gray Volvo. I can still remember it. They had a gray Volvo. And it was raining outside, and they were elderly, you know, and the, the, the gentleman had on a hat, and, and they came inside, knocked on the door. I let them in. They introduced themselves, and they said this. You've started a new church? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you're looking at some property, and the people who own it, we're their accountants. We're the accountants for the, the land you want to purchase to build a new building in this church plant. And can you tell us about the vision? I've never met him before. Isn't it just like God to do it in the least way you expect him to? God can. God can. God can and will. God can and will for you. God can and will for you. Is it right now, God? Now faith is. Oh, hallelujah. And so anyway, I talked to him about the vision and told him and we needed to raise some money. We were doing a, a, a thermometer. You know, you see a thermometer on the platform trying to raise money to buy the first piece of property to build our new building. And so I visited with him, talked with him, and they left. And then a few weeks later, they came back and they said, could we talk to you? I said, sure. His name was Tex. Her name was Helen. They're in heaven today. Come to find out they were multi-gazillionaires. And um, they were Christians, but they weren't in the camp that you and I are of, of full gospel and signs and wonders and the glory of God. Amen. Um, but they, they liked our vision, and they liked the mission of the church. And here's what they said out of the clear blue. We'll do a matching fund. They've never been any of our services. They said, we'll do a matching fund, and for every dollar that your congregation gives, we'll match it to buy that property of the people that we're accountants for. So they did that, 
And then, uh, long story short, over the years, they became mentors to Kim and I, and over the years, they gave hundreds of thousands of dollars to our church. And they never came to our church. Never came to our church. Never came to our church. They thought praying in the Spirit, we were a little... You know, they thought miracles were gone, but they loved the Lord, okay? They loved the Lord. Shallow into the pool, but they were in the pool. <laughs> so, so they, they gave hundreds. Y'all done? We're ready? Y'all come home now? I'm trying to get you out to go shopping. Praise the Lord. All the wives said? Amen. Amen. So, anyway, you know, no, okay, praise God. So, so hundreds of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars never came to our services, never. And one day I asked them, I said, you know, all these years texting, home, you've given hundreds of thousands of dollars to Church on the Rock, and, and, and you've never come to any of our services. Why did you do it? Why have you done this? Here was their answer. You know, when we first met you years ago, I said, yeah. Did you know that when we did the matching fund and we took you out to eat, you and your wife? I said, yeah. Do you know that you were the only preacher that ever sent us a thank you note? I'm glad Kim did that. Praise the Lord. Is that amazing or what? That's what they told me. Now, you and I know it was God, right? But they said, you were the only preachers. They said, we've tried to help different preachers in St. Louis. They were unthankful. They were ungrateful. They were prideful. They were, no, this, this is what they said. They, they, they were uh, obnoxious. They, they, they were rock stars. And, and you were the first preachers that ever sent us a thank you card. And that's why we've given to your ministry all these years. I tell you, thankfulness will open doors before the Lord, come into his gates with, and it'll open doors for you. Your gift will make. Can we have another praise break real quick? One more praise. Come on, give all the praise break. Come on, your best praise. Come on, your best praise. Okay, can I share one more verse with you? And then I'll give you three points, and then I'm done, okay? Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11 verse 28 through 30. It'll be on the screens. I appreciate the team doing this for us. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And I like it in the message translation. And this will be the last time. I promise, cross my heart, I will live. This will be my last time, okay? So on the count of three, can we read it together? One, two, three. Whoa, 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 whoa. What was Brother Jerry telling us? We're all too much in a hurry. We're all caught up with our systems and we're not being led by the Spirit and having the balance of both. I believe in both. Yeah. Look, look what he says. You just read it. Are you tired? Did you come here tired? Are, are you tired? Are you worn out? We all get tired in the ministry. Can I have a witness in the house? Yeah, we all get tired. We all get worn out. We all have those times that, you know, we want to we resign on Monday morning, right? Come on, be honest. We all have those times. 
Anyway, I have those times. Praise God. Pray for me. Are, are you tired? Are you worn out? Uh, are you burnt out on religion? Oh, my goodness. Are you burnt out on religion? Then what's the answer? Give up? Quit? Blame? Be lame? Walk away? Get mad? Get high? Take some meth? Get on that coke train? What? what? <laughs> some of you know about Brother Jerry. Some of these guys know about that coke train. That song, praise the Lord. All right. <laughs> no, no, no. The answer is what we're all doing here today. This whole week. Man, you are doing the right thing. We are in the right place at the right time in this stage of your life and ministry and family. What do you do when you feel like quitting? What does he say? Come unto me. Solitude. Put him first. Get alone. Come apart or come apart. Right? Oh, he says, come unto me and you will. Oh, I like Brother Jerry's series on restoration, don't you? I like that Corvette he talks about in that series. Amen. Restoration. Recover your life. And then the next verse, let's go to the next one. Next verse, please. Could you all read it together? One, two, three. I'll show you how to take a Y'all did so good. I lied. Could you read it one more time? Y'all forgive me. God, I humble myself. I'm a liar. Forgive me. Let's go back to the top again and think about what you're reading. He said, come get alone with me and I'll show you to have real rest. I can't have God's best until I'm walking in God's rest. I'll show you how to recover your ministry, your marriage, your children, relationships, your finances, your business, your enterprise. I'll show you how to recover it. Come, walk with me. Don't get ahead of me. Don't get behind me, but walk with me. Uh, Don't get ahead of me. That's a horse in Psalms. Don't, Don't get behind me. That's a mule, David said in Psalms. I don't want to be a mule because they're always stubborn. Pull them back. I don't want to be a racehorse because they're always wanting to get ahead. So so David said, you don't want to be a horse and you don't want to be a a mule, but you want to walk in step. You want to walk in tune. Walk with me. And he said, I'll show you how. Oh, my goodness. Promise now. Cross my... One, two, three. Didn't he say, now, did you all notice something? In the King James, there's one virtue, one, pastor, that they talk about and refers to Jesus here. What does he say? I am meek. I am lowly of 
Notice the one virtue that's brought out in this passage of Scripture in the King James Version. He said, come to me. I'm meek. I'm lowly. What's that? Humble. Do you know you and I will never fulfill our destiny without humility? We'll never fulfill our destiny without humility. Because Jesus, the Bible says, he humbled himself, obedient unto death. Is that right? He humbled himself to fulfill God's mission, to fulfill God's plan for his life. Without being a lifelong learner, I won't last. Uh, this last weekend, we had a, a guest speaker, Robert Madu, speaking at our church. And he spoke at our church this weekend and for a celebration. After the service, he asked me, he said, Pastor Blunt, he goes, what's the key to longevity? What's the key to longevity? At one place, one life, 35 years, thanks be unto God, your, your, your two sons are in the ministry, your two daughter-in-laws are in the ministry, your three grandchildren are in the ministry, one place, one life, make it great, 45 years. What's the key to longevity? I don't think he expected this answer, but I said, humility. Humility is the key to longevity. Because our life is full of seasons and chapters, and we need the grace of God the rhythm of God, the pace of God, the plan of God, the revelation of God, the, the, the power of God, the presence of God, the glory of God for each season and chapter of our life. And that comes to us through humility. Does this sound okay? Is it all right if we continue tomorrow on this? Now, I want to give you three points, three points, and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll close. And here's, here's my three points. So based on all this, that we're going to talk about, we've been talking about what humility is and what it looks like and, and the attributes of humility and how to develop and walk in humility and the benefits of humility. And, and wow, I'm excited. I hope you're excited as I am what God's going to do this week in all the sessions. Thank you. I've been ministered to big time today. How about you already this morning? Oh, my goodness. I know you've been here all week, a lot of you. And let me give you three points. So here's, here's your homework. Here's your homework uh, until I see you here, there, or in the air. air. Uh, that's an inside uh, churchy thing. Okay, praise God. So here's your homework. is Every day, I want you to work on this process because we want to focus on the process. But what am I doing today that's taking me to the trajectory? What am I doing today that's taking me where I want to go? And so here's, here's what humility does. Number one, every day, you and I, you pray for me, I'll pray for you. Every day, we want to get closer to God. Every day, we just want to make sure we're getting closer to God. Can you say that with me? Every day, every day. just want to get closer to God. Number two, your homework, they all start with the letter C. Number two is every day you and I want to work on our character. Every day you and I want to work on our character. Man promotes charisma. God promotes character. And, and the character that we work on is the fruit of the... Because the fruit of the Spirit is the character of Christ... And we've all been called to be formed into the image of Christ. So here's our homework. Here's what we want to do with humility. Here's what it looks like is that 
every day, uh, I like what Keith Moore says, we got to suck rug, right? we got to suck rug. we got to pray. we got to get on our face. i got to give you an amplified version, okay? we we, we got to get on our face. we gotta, we got to lay before God so you can stand before man. Lay before God so you can stand before man. So every day we're going to get closer to God. Number two, every day we're going to work on our character. We're going to work on the fruit of the Spirit, which is what? Love, joy, peace. You guys are doing awesome. I can't remember them, so that's why I'm having you say them. Oh, there, there are how many of them? 16? No, nine. So, so please, I never want you to forget this because this will help you for the rest of your life. Every day, what's your assignment? Getting closer to God. You, you, you check at the ministers who fell down through the years. It's because they stopped getting close to No, they ran off with the organist. No, they ran off with the money. No, they did this. No, 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 they stopped getting Number two, we're working on our character every day. And then number three, number three, I'll share that one with you tomorrow, okay? (laughs) Number three is every day we want to work on our call. Every day, what are you doing? See, you're here working on your call. And you're here, you're getting closer to God. And you're here, and God's working on your character. Amen? Yeah. Because you know what happens, you know, we want to compare ourselves when we get with other preachers. And you know what? You do not want to compare yourself. You want to run your own race. Amen. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. But, but so we're going to every day get closer to God. Number two, we're going to work on our. And number three, we're going to work on our. Now you have a dual destiny. Did you know that? You have a dual destiny. You have a dual call. What is it? Number one, you are called to be like Christ. That's your first calling. Before husband, wife, mother, father, minister, entrepreneur, we're all called to be like Christ. Christians, Christ. Be formed in his image. So we all have a dual destiny. We all have a dual call. And we want to work on our call. And we've all been called to be like Christ. And number two, we've all been called to be the best version of ourselves we can be. We've all been called to be like Christ, but then we've all been called to be unique. We've all been called to be unique. We've all been called to be unique. We've all been called to be the best version of ourselves we can be. And the greatest gift we can give God, our family, and the next generation is the best version of who God wants us, created us, and made us to be. Did y'all get something today? Give the Lord a big praise, would you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Once you put your stuff away, could you stand with me? And we, we open with praise and worship. And before Brother Jerry comes, let's right now, let's just begin to thank God for revelation. Let's begin to thank God for his word. Right there, pray in the spirit, pray in your language, unknown language. Right now, let's just enter and give God our best.
Sora baba kendele mabara marombo komonde. Ramakonde kele mabara basata. Kore bidi bishinkele ma. Thank you, Father. Thank you for revelation. Thank you, God. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your goodness. No good thing will you withhold from us who walk uprightly before you, God. In humility, in integrity, in generosity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Kick it up now. Let's kick it up one step higher, can we? Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, we're in your perfect will. We're giving you praise and glory and honor and worship. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Pastor Blunt. We receive that. Receive that word. Hallelujah. Give give God a shout of praise. You receive that word. Amen. Hallelujah. So did you receive something today so far? Uh, We're going to go ahead and uh, take a break until this evening. Um, but before you leave, don't forget about the bookstore and the materials. Uh, don't forget about uh, tonight afterward, we're having pie. Um, <laughs> refreshments. What's that? No, pray. You can pray for the pie. Uh, also, tonight we'll begin pre service prayer at 645. And so go get some rest, and we'll see you back uh, tonight at 645. God bless. See you soon.